Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 10th episode of the Young Pyromancers podcast. I'm Ezra and Charlie and Miles. Hello. Hi. As per usual, it's us three, and we're talking about the top 10 budget commanders today for the 10th episode. So, um, yeah, let's move into our ranking methodology because we want to talk about how we ranked our commanders today. They're your methods, so why don't you read them? We have an, an intricate point system here that Ezra has devised. So yeah, we're trying to... We, we ranked a bunch of commanders. We came up with a preliminary list of 50 commanders, one for each one, two, and three color identity, and then one colorless, one four-colored, and three five-colored commanders. So that's 30 of them. And then we then went through and picked out 20 more that we wanted to put in. We ended up with a list of 50. So 50 of our favorite commanders. And then, or what we thought would be the best commanders. And then we took these commanders and put them into a ranking system. And our rating system is out of 100 points. So you could own, each commander could own 100 points total. So this is how we're going to score all of our 10 commanders. So there's up to 30 points for basic budget build deck power. So like the average average budget build, the power of the deck. So like how uh, how powerful it is when you just build it as a normal budget deck. Up to 20 points for how easy the strategy is to build in terms of budget. Uh, 20 points for how easy the strategy is to build. And then up to 10 points for how much it improves gameplay for all. So how much it force, forces action or creates new mechanics or helps everyone out. Like helps people draw cards or uh, hit land drops, stuff like that. Uh, 10 points for how unique the deck is, so how different it is from other commanders. 10 points for, or these are all up to, so you can own up to that many points. Up to 10 points for how easy it is for new slash younger players to play with. So like if you have like a younger brother or friend who's new to magic, how easy it is to just hand them this deck. And then, oh, the new world of magic. And then this might be like the first commander game. How likely am I to hand them this deck? And then five points for the price of the commander. So five points for less than 25 cents. Four points for in between 25 and 50 cents. Three points for in between 50 and 50 cents and one dollar. And then and so on and so forth. Uh, up to five points for the versatility of the deck. So the number of ways you can build it. And then five points for the speed of the deck. And then five points for the EDH rec popularity. So, in, in summary, our final statistics are, we've got power, budget, gameplay, uniqueness, simplicity, uh, commander price, speed, versatility, and popularity. And that adds up to a total of 100 points. Let's dive straight in. So, we've got some honorable mentions, some that didn't quite make the top 10. Uh, honorable mentions were top, were like, places 11 through 20, right? Yeah, yeah. so we had the... The 10 that did the best, but didn't make it. Alright, so, uh, let's start those off. So, first here, we have Alesha, who smiles at death. So, uh, Alesha is a pretty cool commander. It's Mardu, which means black, red, white, which is a cool combination of colors. But Alesha allows you to return creatures from your graveyard to the battlefield. But they have to be under whenever... power 2. Yeah, with under power 2, whenever she attacks which is a cool commander to build around, and it can be built on a budget in a way where you just have a bunch of 
creatures that have power two or less, but have strong abilities. So yeah, Alesha was number 20. Alesha had a total of 64 points. We've also got Phantas the Warweaver. We're, we're going to kind of move th through these quicker. Phantas the Warweaver is a Jund spider that forces everyone to attack. every. So all creatures have to attack. Jota Archmage Tonal is a five-color commander that lets you pay Wuburg for all your spells. Atla Palani Nest Tender is the egg, the Naya Egg Lady, who creates egg tokens, and then whenever an egg you control dies, you polymorph it into a card off of the top of your library, so you flip cards until you reveal a creature, put it onto the battlefield. Sisei Weatherlight Captain, Rainbow Legends, so five-color legends. Kasago the Golden Fang, Sultai, Graveyard, and Politics. Nivmizit Perun is... Is that Spellslinger? Yeah. Spellslinger slash combo. Yeah, because it can combo with Curiosity, Ophidian Eye, and Tandem Lookout. Yes. Uh, Yisan the Wanderer Bard, which is... Oh, we, we deck tech Yisan. Yeah, green toolbox. Yeah, green green toolbox, but can also be decently competitive. Niv-Mizzet Reborn is five-color guilds. And then number 11 was Torbrand, Thane of Redfell which makes all your red sources deal two extra damage. Uh, I just wanted to say we we created a deck, so we're going to link all ten of these, all ten of our tops, in the uh, in the description, where wherever you're listening, so you can go look at these deck lists. And later we're going to do a deck tech on them, I believe, or at least some of our favorite ones. We're going to deck tech the top three. So we are going to jump into... Oh, oh, and then each of these... So each of these decks are like a classic. We tried to build like a classic version of it. So like the the average version. Yeah. So. All right. Coming in with the number ten spot is Tatiova Benthic Druid. Seventy yep. seventy out of one hundred points. Uh, she is three a green and a blue for a three three legendary Merfolk Druid. Uh, and she reads. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life and draw a card. The point of this deck is basically just land ramp. And so basically you just ramp into her, then just draw a bunch of cards, draw all your big creatures, and then kill the opponent. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a pretty kind of straightforward game plan. You play lands, you draw cards, you play more lands, draw more cards. That's then the play big creature. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Yeah. So in number nine, I'm going to talk about this one. We have Edric, Spy Master of Trest. So Edric can be built a few different ways, one of which is very competitive, but kind of the straightforward idea of Edric which is, Edric is a 2-2 elf rogue for one, a green and a blue, which says, whenever a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, its controller may draw a card. So the most common way this commander is built is with a lot, a lot of small creatures that cost like one blue or one green mana that are evasive. The, like the token example of this is flying men, which is one blue for a 1-1 one, one flying. And this allows you to have a bunch of creatures by the time Edric comes out, and then you swing with all these creatures, you get a lot of triggers, you draw a lot of cards, 
And then once you've drawn so many cards, you cast extra turn spells that allow you to keep looping this and draw tons and tons of cards over like four consecutive turns and continue to draw your extra turn spells. Yeah, so extra turns, overrun effects, and then just swamp out your opponent. Sounds like it sounds like a very fun deck uh, to build. And also, the first time I read it, I read it as when you deal combat damage to the opponent, the opponent draws a card, <laughs> and I just kind of stared at it for a minute, wondering <laughs> what the heck. Yeah, that wouldn't be very good. All right, number eight. Oh, oh, and then Edric had seven, was tied was tied for tenth place with Tatiova with seventy with seventy points. So now eighth place, uh, no tie here. With 71 points, Kess Dissident Mage. Kess Dissident Mage is one blue, black, and red. So one in Grixis. For Legendary Creature Human Wizard. 3-4 with flying. And during each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery from your graveyard. If a card cast this way would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. So this deck is when normally... So when built as competitive, it's normally a demonic consultation deck. But when we build it more on, on a budget, it's a Grix, it's a more of a Grixis spell slinger, but also a graveyard plan. So we play lots of cards like Faithless Looting, uh, Ransack the Lab, Forbidden Alchemy, cards that put cards into our hand, but also put cards into the graveyard, so that way we can recast them from the graveyard. So it basically it's like it's like Snapcaster every single turn, and Snapcaster Mage is a very expensive card. So cast is a very good creature. You can you cast stuff from your graveyard and you cast stuff from your hand. Lots and lots of spells. And then when you cast the spells from your graveyard, you're refilling your graveyard with lots of spells that put more cards into your graveyard. Yeah, it's a kind of controly type commander that allows you to just getting so much card advantage that your opponents just can't catch up, and then you just do cast some massive spell like Cruel Ultimatum, for example, that just wins you the game, and you're so far ahead that you just can't be stopped, essentially. Yeah, you can, um, so with Kess, all of the cards that are in your graveyard are, like, half in your hand, so it makes cards like, like, say, Ransack the Lab, which you look at the top three cards of your library, and then you put one, and you put one, oh, again, let me, let me read it. So it's one in a black, for a sorcery, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard. So, you're getting the one card, but then you also have two more cards in your graveyard that are, like, kind of in your hand if they're instances of sorceries. And, um, yeah, Kess is, Kess is a cool commander. Uh, yeah, it's especially, it's, it's also kind of a toolbox commander. It allows you to have some options of what you want to do. You can just let your graveyard fill up and Say, oh, is there a threat I need to deal with? I can cast this kill spell from my graveyard. Just have a lot of options, and it's a pretty good commander, as well as only being four mana for a three-four flyer. Just noting that. Well, it is also worth noting you can't cast like counter spells on your opponent's turns because cast only allows you to play cards on your own turn. So that that's a pitfall that you might fall into. Still a very strong commander, though. It's also a balancing effect, because if you could just recast counter spells, it'd be kind yeah, of broken. Yeah. We've got a tie for sixth place. Joro Weatherlight Captain is two blue and a red for a legendary creature human artificer. It's a 3-3. Three, three. Whenever you cast a historic spell, draw a card. So, quite simple, but really powerful. So, we've linked my Joro, my Joro Weatherlight Captain list. And that is a 
that that's a deck that aims to play lots of utility artifacts for really cheap. So then you just churn through your entire deck, and then we have cards like Beacon of Immortality that allows to take extra turns. So we're, it's it's kind of a storm storm deck where without it's a stormless storm deck. You're you're playing tons and tons of spells, and then you just flood out your board with artifacts, and then you eventually win with either a soft combo with Traxos and Burning Anger, or you win through combat damage because we have a few uh, artifact beaters in there. Alright, tied with Drora for 6th is Shulane, Teller of Tales. Uh, he is 2, green, a white, and a blue for a 2-4, legendary creature, human druid. Uh, he has vigilance, and whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Return target creature card you control to its owner's hand. The easiest way I can describe this is basically a uh, Tatiova 2.0. Yeah, it's it's yeah, banned it's banned creatures. So instead of trying to drop many a ton of lands into play, you're playing lots of one mana creatures, and then every time you do that, you're essentially casting Growth Spiral. So you've got Growth Spiral stapled onto every single one of your creatures. So you play one mana, zero mana, two mana creatures, and then also cards like White Mane Lion, Core and Core Sky Fisher, and Dreamstalker which allow you to return stuff to your hand. Also, like, cards like Aviary Mechanic, they, when you play them, they allow you to bounce stuff back to your hand so that you can replay them for value. So you're bouncing stuff back to your hand, you're playing creatures, and then you're, pl you're casting Growth Spiral every time you do those. Growth Spiral is a green and a blue, so Simic for an instant. It says draw a card, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Already a pretty good spell just by itself. But we're casting this every time we cast a creature. Uh, yeah, I just want to note really quick. Uh, this commander has a few different pronunciations that you should be aware of. Uh, I think you'll be okay saying any of them. But some people say it's Cullen. Some people say it's Chulane. So uh, just a little thing to note there. Cullen? It's, it's pronounced it, it's pronounced Hullen. It's pronounced Holland, so we're gonna pronounce it Holland because we're being like embracing culture. So Holland, Holland Teller of Tales. I did not know that until I just looked it up because it's a it's a name. Uh, I think it's a, like a Scottish name or something. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here we will take a break. We're gonna do some business. What's happening in the news, stuff like that, and then we'll get back right into the top five after we do this. So, starting off here, uh, an epic battle occurring. COVID-19 versus Ikoria, Lair of the Behemoths, or Lair of Behemoths, sorry. Spoiler, COVID wins. Unfortunate. Um, is winning. Although necessary. Well, is winning. Uh, yeah, so the Wizards of the Coast is, and some other sites of magic, like Channel Fireball, are making actions to deal with COVID-19. And so uh, Wizards of the Coast has changed the uh, in-real-life release of Ikoria, Lair of Behemoths. So, so it's... Just messing with the, some time is a little. Yeah, they're keeping 
they're still keeping the normal release date. Oh, no, maybe they... Yeah, yeah, no, they, they moved up the release, actually, for Japan, Korea, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. So if you live in Eastern Asia, your release date has been moved to... And pre-release and release are now combined. So if you were looking to do a pre-release or do the released weekend draft, those are going to be combined now. That's April 17th. You can do... You can do that. And then if you're in North America, Europe, Latin America, or Australia, or New Zealand, so basically the, the countries that didn't get hit until more recently with COVID, the cases haven't been going down yet, our pre-release has been pushed to May the 15th, and that's pre-release and release weekend. So that's going to be a fun weekend for us to go, assuming this whole, th whole thing is gone. Our school is basically canceled for the rest of the year, so we'll have some extra time on our hands. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes a little in May fifteenth, and see if that really follows through. Seeing as school is being canceled through June, so uh, oh, also happen? for our other listeners down in South Asia, your uh, so Brunei, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand, Singapore, and Vietnam. You guys are also on May fifteenth, along with North America, Europe, Latin America, Australia, New Zealand, and then uh. But Ikoria still will debut on April 2nd, where they launch the trailer, and they start the previews. That is at ten, uh, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, so that's for U.S., and then 2 p.m. UTC, so uh, Greenwich, England. So, yeah, just, just find your corresponding time. So that would also be 8, 8 a.m. Mountain View Time, 9 a.m. Central, uh, Central Time. Uh, yeah, so go go look at your, your time zone. I'm sure they'll they'll have it multiple places or multiple times whenever whenever it debuts. But you are gonna get the Ikoria trailer and those those trailers. They used to be like kind of like meh, but do you see the um the Theros trailer? That was insane. Oh yeah. In the in the Eldraine trailer, those they're like their animation. They really stepped up their animation game. So those look great. Go watch that on Twitch. That's so that's on twitch.tv slash wizards magic, I believe. I'm gonna look that up really quick. Um while you guys go into your Oh, okay. So it's twitch.tv slash magic is the URL that you can go watch. And then so yeah, pre-release. Oh, it's also worth noting if this thing's still going, stores are being allowed to give out pre-releases at home. So go go support your local game store and pick one up, or if they have some sort of delivery system, you can do that. And then play at home with some of your friends if that social distancing thing is gone, but we still can't go back to work and stuff. So anyways, it's all up in the air. They say, yeah, alternative, uh, subject to change. Yeah, all We've right. got some potential Ikoya box top leaks. Yeah, so there is a post on Reddit uh, about how there was some cards in a foreign language that were it's just it's all kind Portuguese. of yeah, yeah Portuguese. Portuguese. This, this kind of happens every season some weird thing happens and well, we see some potential leaks that may or may not come true but so we have three possible cards that someone translated and i'll read really quickly so uh brokos apex of eternity it says two and assaulti most likely but only two black and a black green are shown it's a legendary creature nightmare a elemental beast it has mutate for two uh it looks like a demir hybrid mana 
Yeah, we saw we saw Demir hybrid mana and then green green, right? Or... And green green, it has trample. You may cast Brokos Apex of Eternity from your graveyard using its mutate ability. It's a six it's six. Just, to be honest, this just sounds like another Oko. Like, not Oko. Uh but Uro. Carnage Tyrant. Uro. No, it sounds like another Uro though. Casting stuff from your graveyard. So we I don't, don't know. even know what mutate is. We don't even know what mutate is, and none of the this colleagues looks, have them. This just looks like a, a big beater to me, honestly. Yeah, maybe. But it, so here's the thing: they Hasbro has signed some contracts earlier in the year with the company that makes Godzilla. So that's why we have a Godzilla alternate thing. I, I yeah, I don't I don't think we really need to read these off because we're gonna we're gonna get these spoilers probably in the next few days. Yeah. But, but it's uh, just worth noting about leaks because that this is the first time we're talking about leaks. It's really harmful to the company and to all of the content creators who are supposed to do the spoilers. So, um, I mean, if they're already out there, why not look at the leaks? Like, it's not going to cause any harm. But just be wary. It's not really a good thing to do leaks. Yeah. And also, sometimes people are just trying to get attention. It might not actually be real. Right, that was that... Uh, that one one C twenty list that we saw, the symbiotic swarm yeah. list that doesn't really look that real. It will be really disappointing if it's legal, uh, real because it's, it's terrible. But anyways, uh, where well, to find Icoria? Yeah, where to find Icoria and C twenty previews? So those are going to start on April the second, go until April tenth, and so how the schedule works is. Commander previews are starting on April 3rd, then 4 and 5 are all Commander. April 4th and 5th are all Commander. That, so that's C20, which is thematically linked to Ikoria. And then April 6th, uh, April 6th, well, it's back to normal Ikoria. But throughout April 6th, starting first thing in the morning, well, in Pacific time, so pr probably for, we're, we're on Eastern time, but, so Eastern time, we're going to be probably around noon, 1-ish. We're going to have the five biggest commander channels showing off the full deck lists of all five of the decks. So they we're pretty sure what the um, what we're getting. So the five biggest commander channel, quote-unquote biggest commander cha channels that are going to do it. Uh, commander Social is going to do one of them. Jumbo Commander, MTG Goldfish, SCG Commander Voses, and the Command Zone. So yeah, if you want to go find all of the giant monster C20 things that that's where you're going to find them. Uh well yeah, lots of lots of previews. This is going to be a really exciting set. Yeah. Uh all right. So, uh lastly here in New Horizons, there's uh as per usual, there's going to be a book for the lore of Ikoria Lair of Behemoths. And this is going to be called Sundered Bond. So, we now have the cover art for this novel, and there is a man in the front who is holding a piece of ice. That in the ice that should be showing him, there is a tiger, and in the background we have a picture of Vivian. So I assume we'll see the return of Vivian in the set. Yeah, Vivian. Vivian, we already knew was coming back because yeah. well, one, it makes sense, but two, we saw her on the cover art of Ikoria, so when they released, when Wizards released the cover art, we saw, we saw Vivian standing on a rock and a giant-looking beastie boy. Okay, treasured find. Charlie, why don't okay. you go first? 
Uh, gladly. So my treasured find today is temporal mastery. So you're, you're right now you're thinking, what temporal mastery? That card is like $10. And to which I would respond, well. We love you, Mr. Booster. MB1. Yeah, MB1. It's really, it really is fantastic for us. So Temporal Mastery was $9.16 and have been restored, but in its reprint in the Mystery Booster, it has come down to only $4.41. I think this this is a $5 drop in price, and this is fantastic for blue turns players trying to get uh, budget extra turn spells. And Temporal Mastery is a very good one at that, allowing you to cast it for get time walk if it, you draw it as a miracle. Yeah, so here's the thing. It's $9.16 now, but that's because of the reprint. So before it was reprinted, uh, before they started hitting the shelves, or before it was announced, it was a $10.50 card. So like that, we're, we're getting a more than 200% drop. Or it's like gone to like less than 50% of its original price before it got reprinted. Yeah, it's fantastic uh, price drops. Thank you, Mr. Uh, speaking of price drops, Queen Marchesa dropped uh, $14. Ezra wouldn't let me have it as my treasured find because it's $6. Yeah, but, but, but that's a good card to pick up. Queen Marchesa is very dropped good. dropped $15 from $20 to 6 Yeah, it, also thanks to the Mystery Booster. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, the, the, the right. Mystery Booster is fantastic, really. It is All right, Ezra. very nice. Alright, so my treasure find is Gyrus Waker of Corpses. Gyrus is X, Black, Red, Green, so X and Jund, for legendary creature Hydra. Gyrus Waker of Corpses enters the battlefield with a number of 1-1 one, one counters on it, equal to the, number of, to the amount of mana spent to cast it. When Gyrus attacks... You may exile target creature card with lesser power from your graveyard. If you do, create a copy. Sorry, create a token that's a copy of that card and that's tapped and attacking. Exile a token at the end of combat. So this is a really. I I just find this so unique. This is such a unique commander. It's only seventy cents. It was in Commander eighteen, but it kind of got overshadowed by some really great commanders. Lord Wind Grace, Thantas the War Weaver was in that deck. There was also Sahili, Sahili the Gifted, Aminatu. So there was big splashy things in C18, and I think Gyrus kind of got overlooked. So it has this, uh, the we call it the Prosh text, or the 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 C13 text, or the Merith text, and it does stuff equal to the amount of mana it's meant to cast it. So if this is your commander, it scales with commander tax. So you you're... You end up getting more, even though it's on the command the commander tax. So the command tax doesn't really matter for Gyrus. Like it still kind of matters, but it's factored into that X because it's just the amount of mana cast spent to cast it. So they could have said it enters the the battlefield with a number of oh, with X one on counters on it, but they said with the amount of mana cast to spend it spent to cast it. So the the jund cost in there also is factored in. So at its baseline. It's a 3-3, but it could also end up being, like, a 8 Yeah, pretty cool card. All right, uh, Miles, you want to say your... All right, my treasured find is Keeper of Keys. It is 3 blue-blue for a 4-4 human rogue mutant, and when Keeper of Keys enters the battlefield, you become the monarch, and at the beginning of your upkeep, if you are the monarch, 
creatures you control can't be blocked this turn. Uh, how Monarch works is basically you become the Monarch and you stay, and how people take the Monarch is by dealing combat damage to you. Yeah. And, and then they become the monarch. the monarch. If you're the Monarch, you draw a card at your end step. Uh, yeah, so this is a cool card with cool creature types. May I note, Human Rogue Mutant. Okay, let's jump back in. We are done with all of our business and stuff. So we're going to go to number five. All right, so at number five, we have a, a new card from Theros Beyond Death in Siona, Captain of the Pileus, Pileus, not sure. Uh, so Siona is a 2-2 Legendary creature, human soldier, for one, a green and a white, so Selesnia. When Siona, captain of the Pileus, enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an aura card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Whenever an aura you control becomes attached to a creature you control, create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token. So there's a lot of text here. but there's this card is uh very interesting and specifically works very well with one card uh so this one card goes infinite with siona so this card is shielded by faith so shielded by faith is one a white and a white for an enchantment it's an aura enchant creature enchanted creature has indestructible whenever a creature enters the battlefield you may attach shielded by faith to that creature. So how this works is you have Siona, you enchant, um, you put the shielded by faith onto Siona. This triggers Siona because the aura was put onto a creature you control. You create a 1-1 white human soldier creature tro token. This triggers shielded by faith. It says, oh, I want to go onto this creature. So it does. You create another 1-1 from Siona, and now you have infinite 1-1s. So yeah, if you have a way to give them haste or uh, a way to sacrifice them all, you can win right there. Or you can just pass the turn, wait for it to come back. So yeah, the list we built was a Selesnia control deck. So it's aiming to remove your opponent's threats, stop your opponents from doing stuff until we can... And then lots of or cheap aura tutors, because aura tutors are quite cheap. And then we have ways... So we have ways to tutor up auras, make them cheaper, so then we can play Shield by Faith on the Siona, and then create more tokens, attach them to the tokens. So we just go through, we create infinite tokens, and then we disrupt our opponents until the turn comes back to us, swing for infinite damage. Yeah. Um, what are the tokens? They're 1-1 uh, one, one human soldiers, and uh, Mark Rosewater says, we normally don't put two creature types on tokens, so human soldier is abnormal, having a human and, human and a soldier on on the tokens but it's like he says he says i promise we have a plan for it so that means either we're getting soldier tribal or we're getting human tribal in the next few sets icoria i think it's likely we get human tribal like eldrain they had the non-human i think we might have human and non-human because we've got humans and monsters in icoria yeah, it's possible we have some kind of interaction between humans and very large creatures oh siona had 73 points this barely edged out siona Osayona with 74 points. So Kaiko Wind's Fury is one blue, red, and a white. For a legendary creature, Bird Wizard with flying. Uh, 3 3. When you cast a non creature spell, create a 1 1 
spirit token with flying, sacrifice a spirit, add one red mana. So add a red mana. Uh, it was from M20. So we built this as a central, um, mainly red, because the the spirit sacrifice for red. It's a it's a storm deck. We play lots of one red mana cards that also draws cards. So we play the one red mana spell. We get a spirit, and then we draw into another red mana spell. We sacrifice it. We get a spirit, and then we have spells that yeah. And then we have cards with storm like mind's desire, uh, ignite memories I think, and Great then shot. temporal fissure. Grape sh and then grape shot. So lots of stuff like that. Pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool. You can play. We play lots and lots of non-creature spells, and then we just outvalue our opponents because we have so many cards in hand, so many f flying spirits, and then there's a flying tribal and spirit tribal sub theme in there. Yeah. So we've mm -hmm. got like Empyrean Angel, yeah, favorable winds and Untangible Virtue. Yeah, so Kaikar is just also just a very cool uh, commander. You you can build it a few other ways as well. And if you wanted, you'd also put Divine Visitation in the deck. <laughs> and they're all f well. Okay, so here's the thing with divine visitation, but they're not work. spirits anymore, so we can't, can't sacrifice them anymore. Oh, don't worry. Just put an arcane adaptation in there. Arcane adaptation. Make all the that seems like too much work just to yeah. get some full force. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's only like three, depends on how many twelve depends mana. on how many four fours you get because then it could just kill them. It's only like a twelve mana three card combo. Yeah, yeah easy, easy to pull off. All you need is four black lotuses. Yeah. Tone one. Tone one. Four black that? lotuses. Okay, uh, Kaiko at 74, and now 75. Yeah, 75. Number number three. Coming in at number three, Rand Sky Summoner with uh, 75 points. Yeah, Tarrand. Uh, Tarrand is two blue-blue for a 2-2 two -two legendary creature merfolk wizard. And whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 2-2 blue drake creature token with flying. Also, it dropped 7 cents because of the mystery booster, so pick them up while you still can. Yeah, this card has always been budget, though, so, like... Yeah, I know. But yeah, it's still... This is just the... This is the classic example of... Mono break tribal? Of, well, like, mono blue spell slinger, and then it's just... It, this is like the best. Could you do Drake Tribal with it? Yes, you very much could do Drake Tribal with it, and that wouldn't be bad. Yeah. So, uh, like we were saying, Talran basically uh, says counter spells until you can either play a big thing or have enough Drakes to win the game. Uh, so it's a pretty straightforward commander, really good for people just learning the game. It's not super complicated. Just say play Island past turn, if they cast something that doesn't add mana for them, counter it. Okay, yeah, I have the sheet up. Talrand is the only commander that scored twenty that scored a 20 out of 20 for budget, because Talrand is so easy to build on a budget. I've built, I think the lowest I've gotten a Talrand deck was like $7, $6. You can build really cheap Talrand decks, because you can just play like, like they can even just be terrible. Like terrible, just blue mana, counter spells, mana just, counter you just well, yeah, it were like two mana bad counter spells like Disdainful Stroke or Essence Scatter, Negate. They're all like six cents cards, six cent cards. So yeah, you can build superbly cheap decks with, um, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, moving on, 
uh, at number two. So at no this is we're getting pretty pretty high up here. Yeah, so. we're almost we're almost to the end. We have Feather the Redeemed. So Feather is a three four angel with flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a creature you control, exile that card instead of putting it into your graveyard as it resolves. If you do, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. That's a complicated way of saying that you can just you just get back all of your instant, all of your buff spells. Anything that buffs a creature, you just get it back at the end step. Yeah, so... Feather okay. This deck is obnoxious to play against, especially I've played against Ezra's Feather deck. And basically, mm -hmm. once Feather comes mm -hmm. out, I basically mm -hmm. am ready to concede. <laughs> because within three turns, he's already dealt 21 damage to me. With yeah, if you don't remove Feather, you're just dead. Because Feather, you just suited up with... Yeah, I've actually got my Feather deck right here. You can suit it up with stuff like Reckless Charge... And you can do infuriate. So basically, just a bunch of cards that give it like plus three, plus three, or plus two, plus two. And then, yeah, and then you get it all back. Yeah, it's pretty. So the game plan is you play a bunch of spells that make that target Kaikar and or Feather. Sorry, target Feather and uh, make her bigger. All right. So the uh, basically you put large stuff on Feather and. You make it big, and then you swing for damage, you get your spells back, and you repeat. And as well as this, one of the things you can do is you can cast spells that allow you to draw a card, as well as that targets a creature, such as like Ryle, which is one red. It deals one damage to target creature you control, giving it trample, and you draw a card. So you cast Ryle, you draw a card, and then you get it back. So it's also repeated. Okay, and then here's uh, some trivia. Feather's real name is... Pierre Aquil as Vinred Durav, better known as Feather. Is that is that trivia or like a fact? That's true. No, that's that's actually a fact. Feather Feather's name, real name, is Pierre Aquil as Vinred Durav. Feather. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, moving on. Oh, uh, by the way, Feather comes in at second place. Second place, as we said. Uh, at 77 points. So, ba did Charlie, did you mention the main win con of Feather? Oh, yeah, uh, commander damage. Yeah. So, if you deal yeah. 21 damage to a player, did, did we talk about commander damage yet? No, we didn't. No. no. So, commander damage, if you deal 21 damage, if you're dealt 21 damage by a single commander, then you lose the game. So 21 damage, it seems weird. We've talked about it on past episodes, but it's 21 because you used to only be able to play the Elder Dragons, and those all had 7 power. They were all 7-7s. Seven so 3 hits, you're dead. But Feather, it could be more like 2 hits, because we give it double strike with, like, Team of Battle Rage or uh, Psychotic Fury or something like that, and we just kill them in, like, 2 hits. Make it I, I've never I've never one-hitted someone with Feather. Actually, that might, might not be true. Oh, no. I dealt, I dealt 3 on the first turn, and then yeah, it was like 3 and then 18, so I've dealt a lot of damage with Feather, but never one hit. I, I, It's probably possible. It's probably possible. Probably. Like on turn 6 yeah, or I mean, 7 to one hit. If you waited a little longer. Right, if I had waited longer, I would have been able to. Uh, yeah, okay, so Feather, we're going to read off Feather's scores because we're getting really close to the top. Feather was given a 25 out of 30 for power, a 16 out of 20 for budget because it's super easy to build on a budget. Uh it's a 6 for gameplay, average, doesn't really change anything for anyone. It's 
got a 10 for uniqueness, nothing else exists like it. Except for really, like, Zodahedron Grinder, but Zodahedron Grinder doesn't give you them back. Like, it's it's kind of similar to Zada, but not really, actually. So, um, 8 for Simplicity, it's pretty simple. Play Feather, lots of instants and sorceries, win. Uh, 2 for Commander Price, it's cheap. Oh, it's decently cheap. Got 2 out of 5 for Commander Price. 4 for Speed, it's a very quick deck. Uh, one out of five for versatility. It's very not versatile. There's only really one way you can play yeah, it. There's, there's one thing you do, and that's all you do. Right, right. And then popularity five. It's one of the most popular commanders of 2019. Uh, all right. Yeah. Ezra, would you like to complete? All right. Yeah, I get the honors. All right. So before, number one. Before he reads it. Before oh. he reads it, I would just like to say when we were making the. List, oh yeah. <laughs> I said that it was going to come in at number one, and Ezra was like, no, it's not going to be number one. It's going to be in the top five, but it's not going to be No, one. I didn't say it wasn't going to be number one. I said it's probably not going to be number one, because um, I thought Talran was going to win, to be honest. Like, because I didn't sort them until I finished, so I thought Talran was number one, was going to be number uh, one. And then I was like, Miles, you were correct. And he was like, woo! Okay, huh. but anyways, 25 out of 30 for power, 16 out of 20 for budget. 6 uh, out of 10 for gameplay, 8 out of 10 for uniqueness, 8 out of 10 for simplicity, 2 out of 10 for price, 3 out of 10 for speed, and 5 out of 5 for versatility, and then 5 out of 5 for popularity. If some of you are probably screaming at your uh, microphone, or I mean, not microphone, at your phone or your device, or your close Whatever you're listening on. Whatever you're listening on, some of you are probably yelling at the speaker, and uh, first of all, calm down and. It's just a podcast. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, th this was probably, I mean, so there's also probably some of you who knew it since, like, the, we started the top ten. Like, since we, like, said it. If you got it right, congratulations. Send us an email. We'll give you the honor system. We'll give you a shout-out on your ne the next episode. Fun. Anyways, uh, our number one is, drumroll please, 77 points. Oh, sorry, 78 points. Oh, I'm probably going to put in some weird sound effect here. But anyways, Golos Tireless Pilgrim. Alright, Golos Tireless Pilgrim. Okay, Golos Tireless Pilgrim is... Oh, let me pull this up. Golos Tireless Pilgrim is a 5-mana legendary artifact creature scout. When Golos Tireless Pilgrim enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a land card, put that card onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle... And then two white, blue, black, red, green. So two and Wubug, so seven mana total. Exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn without paying their mana costs. So you pay seven mana, and you do it for free. So there's so many ways you can take this. Like, basically, if you're building five color, five color, Golos, like, you cannot go wrong with Golos. Golos is just, utility sits in the command zone, is a mana sink. It just wins all of the categories, covers all of your bases, dollar seventy nine. It's gonna go even lower after it rotates out of standard. Um, yeah, it's very, very good. And so we built well, we built the most common form of Golos, even though like really there's like so many ways to build Golos. You could build Golos however you want, really, because it's five colors and you just play whatever it is. Yeah, and then it's just utility. Like, some five colors want you to do something. Like, Horde of Notions is Elemental Tribal. Sisei Weatherlight Captain. It's Legends. Golos, you can build plain Golos Planeswalkers. Golos 
Golos Legends, you can build Golos, Golos the Brushwag Tom Tribal. Golos, Golos, one of them. Well, Golos, Golos Big Mana is actually quite popular. But um, Jota, Jota Ultimate Eternal is another very similar commander to Golos. But Golos, because it tutors up for a land, that's the direction most people take it. So we decided to build an average deck. So the average budget uh, lands deck has to do with uh, gates. And so the the gates deck involves um, Maze's End. And uh, we should probably read Maze's End. Sure. Shall I read it? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so. Maze's End oh, is I, land. Okay. Entrance Battlefield tapped. It taps for a colorless. Has the activated ability. Three. Tap. Return Maze's End to its owner's hand. Search your library for a gate card. Put it onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. If you control ten or more gates with different names, you win the game. Right, so you want ten, so you're going to get ten gates, and um, with the Guilds of Ravnica quote-unquote block, because they, they, they abolish block, but uh, it, it was basically guilds and then Ravnica Allegiance, we got an eleventh gate, so we had all of the guild gates, and then we also got Gateway Plaza, which has the subtype gate, subtype gate. so we now have eleven gates so all 11 gates are in the deck we have lots of ways to tutor up gates or tutor up any any lands so this is a very much lands deck so we've got like knight of the reliquary uh circuitous root crop rotation uh yeah open the gates so we've got ways to put them onto the battlefield into our hands like uh, hour of eternity gets us two that one's good tempt with discovery if our opponents take it then we get four gates and we have we have splendid reclamation as well. Yeah, that's very good. So those are yeah, I mean those are some of them are on the pricey side because lands decks are pretty popular. But um, we also have some blink things to blink Golos to use Golos's enter the battlefield ability to go get more lands. So most of the time we're gonna use Golos to get Maze's end because that's our win condition. Be- before we uh, talk move into our end segments, we want to make a deck price disclaimer. Some of these decks we're gonna post all the architect links. But some of the decks are not under $50, and we're sorry about that. We tried to make them uh, $50, but TCG player pricing is all insane because of COVID. All the prices are up. Not a really great time to buy cards, to be honest. I mean, uh, near, like, because there's always the risk of, like, COVID on your cards, and people are freaking out about that, bleaching the cards. When we get back, hopefully prices will settle down, and yeah, that's it. We're going to do some, a fun segment. We've rebranded our trivia segment, the Trial of Knowledge segment, because we've we've named most of our segments after cards. So Trial of Knowledge is a card from Amonkhet. So that's why we named it Trial of Knowledge. And it also sounds like a tri- trivia game. Trial of Knowledge. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Theme music. Okay. Right. Um. So I came up with a trivia question for you guys. What is the most popular commander that's under $5 and... According to EDHREC, is uh, like is the most popular commander according to EDHREC that's under five dollars and isn't in our top ten. Because mm. I so, was about to say Golos and Feather, but <laughs> yeah, not in the top ten. Mm-mm. What? Uh, there's a lot of commanders. You know. What? What? Like color identity is it? Yeah, we're gonna start giving hints one at a time. Muldrow's so. Up. No, it's two oh, colors. over five dollars. Oh, two colors. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I, for, I saw the ten, and I was like, under yeah. ten. Moldrotha is the most popular commander over the last two years. It's overtaken Traxa. 
So oh congratulations, Charlie. <laughs> Your baby is the most popular now. Uh, it was single-handedly Charlie. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Um, he, he just stiff-armed everyone he ever came across into building it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Alright, so it's two colors. It is a... Oh, that might give it away too much. It messes with the command zone. That was kind of a big hit, but... Does weird stuff with the command zone. Yuriko? It has an ability... Yes, Yuriko the Tiger Shadow. Yuriko the Tiger Shadow. Oh, I did not pull it up, but Yuriko the Tiger Shadow. Uh, is... I, I think I remember it, so... Oh. Oh, I, I got it. I got it right here. So, Yuriko the Tiger Shadow is one blue and a black for a legendary creature, Human Ninja. Oh, I know this. It has Commander Ninjutsu, which means you can pay... So, in this case, it's a blue and a black. So, you pay a blue and a black, return an unblocked attacker you control to your hand, then you put... You can put Yuriko from your hand or the command zone onto the battlefield, tapped in attacking. And she also says, whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, you reveal the top card of your library and put it into your hand. Each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost. Yeah, Yuriko just lost out on, like, price, versatility. So Yuriko lost out on price, versatility, and also Ninja Tribal is getting quite expensive because Yuriko is so popular. So it's unfortunately moved out of budget. Yuriko is now in budget because it was a it was an eight dollar card, and then Mystery Booster reprinted it. So then it's uh, down to like the three dollars. So if you want to build a Yuriko deck, now's the best time. Or well, when this COVID thing is over, is the best time. We can talk about some of our other on non honorable mention honorable mentions: Zontra Sleeper Agent, Animal, Zotesa Karlov, Gonti, Gahiji, Honored One, Atrada, Saskia, Rune, Tashar, Ruthal, Emery, Gave, Gitrov Monster, Lord Ringrace, Yuriko, Marchesa of the Black Rose, Sadisi, Brew Tyrant, Azori Renegade Leader, Hope Agiropo, Rakdos, Lord of Riots, Ailey, Bruna, Oh Bruna Light of Alabaster, Narsen Light Master, Dostani Slesnia's Voice. Cranko the mob boss, uh, Cranko mob boss, Azor the lawbringer, Alayla artful provocator, Mina and Dan, Rankle. I should have tried saying that in all one breath, but I couldn't. Oh, uh, lastly, uh... Oh, 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 yeah, wait, we've got our last one. Shun Yu, Way Advisor, Coming was in. a meme card with that... total zero points. Uh, yeah. This Coming in with a total of zero points. This is the least played card, according to Scryfall. The least played legend. Least played command. Yeah, least played legend. Alright, so we don't we're not gonna do a wait, I, I can't even find it. Shun Yu Way Advisor. Uh Shun Yu is one a black and a black. <laughs> so bad. One one legend. On your turn, before you attack, you may tap Shun Yu to give one of your creatures plus two plus O oh until end of until the end of the turn. This literally just gets like zero points because it's also forty dollars. I mean, it's only uh, zero 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 percent of backs. Yeah, Shun Way advisor, terrible. Get out of here. We don't want to see you anymore. And and he costs forty dollars. Yeah, because uh, also as PTK, Port of Three Kingdoms is notorious for being a very low opened set. Also, extremely expensive. And so, uh, yeah, go make your Shun Yu Way Advisor deck and prove us wrong. 
Oh, yeah. that's so. Five. All right. No, six of the bottom eight cards are from. Uh, Portal Three Kingdoms. Kingdoms. Yeah, because it's so expensive and it wasn't opened. It, they're also all terrible. Uh, so Rise to the Challenge is our new segment, also a magic code, because that's just what we're doing now. Um, so we've got a listener challenge. So if you if you do uh, if you do this, we will we you have a chance to get a shout out on a future episode. So our Rise to the Shadow challenge this week is well, one of them is now make a Shun Yu Way Advisor deck and send us the deck list. But also, uh, do you disagree with us, or do you agree with us about our top 10 list? You can send us your top 10 list at uh, youngpyrocast at gmail.com for a chance to get a shout-out on a future episode. And, alright, we're going to move into Curtain's Call, final segment. I kind of love all these names. It took me a while to find the good ones, though. Like, share, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Uh, when this thing is all done, we're thinking we might have a hold a giveaway for iTunes reviews. But until then, if you want to support the show, we we're, um, the best thing that you could do to help is like, share, subscribe, and leave a review. So hit the bell notification or wherever it is, whatever it is, so that you are notified when we get a when we release a new episode. Uh, liking and sharing helps us get out. Leaving a review helps us move up on charts, more exposure, um, more fun for everyone. And so, yeah. yeah. So thanks, everyone, for watching. Also, if you make a, your own top 10, I praise your work ethic because this took so much work oh, to make this so list. long. It took We were so going to record this a day or, like, yesterday. No, we were trying to record this two days ago, and then, like... Two days ago. Because it to took us so it. long. Anyways, yeah, that, again, uh, <laughs> it wasn't Charlie's fault. It was me, my fault for trying to build a, make a deck list for all of our top ten. Anyways, youngpyrocast.gmail.com again for a reminder. Um, send send us, uh, we'll really take, we'll take it here or anything. If you have a question, comment, you can send us a voice message on our anchor page. And, um, yeah, I think that is it. Anything else before we get out of here? Nope. That was very simultaneous. Okay. Anyways, we are done here. And everyone, bye. All right. Nope. Do we do this every time? Okay. I'm actually going to let you in. One. Cut.